the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Interesting statistic out there. 52% of Americans have cried about money. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know why I've, I think that's funny. Um, I don't know if we need a poll about people crying, but we got one. Speaking of crying, no need to shed tears. CFP Chad Burton is near. Mr. Burton, how are you? I am well. And I think in 09, there's probably a lot of people that cried a little bit about money. Okay. Okay. Do you think you've ever, have you seen anyone kind of shed a tear? Um, gosh, I, it's without tough one, right? going into a long story, yeah, I, I, I have, <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't tell this story on the air. I tried to give away some Halloween candy, and let's just say there were some tears in my family. Uh, but I digress. Uh, we got a big seminar coming up on the 17th of November. We don't usually do 17th of November Saturday events, retirement income and tax planning seminar. You're going to run that one from 9.30 to 11.30 at the Rotary Center in San Jose. Beautiful location, easy parking. And then there's the Investing Beyond a 401k in the afternoon. Uh, people can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk about charities and the new tax laws. Because, I, I you know, you look at the calendar. It's November, December. We're basically done with the year. The, the tax year's wrapping up really quickly. Uh, what do we need to know about some tough times under the new tax laws that are out there? Well, the, you know, people are pretty concerned about the effect on charities with this new tax cut, because okay. the, the reason why is that for most of America, the tax cut is, is actually a pretty large cut. And part of that is because the standard deduction doubled. In other words, if you're a married couple filing jointly, the first $12,000 of income or $24,000 of income now that you make is, is completely tax-free. Before, it was much lower, so a lot of people would itemize their deductions. They'd take their home interest, their property taxes, their charitable gifts, and other things like that, and itemize and get their an itemized deduction number. And if that number was greater, which most people would be, then their standard deduction, they would file using itemized deductions. Well, now, many, many, many Americans will no longer be itemizing at all. And so the fear is, is that people, they go in, they talk to their advisors, and they say, you know, if you make this charitable contribution, you'll save X number of dollars in taxes. And for most of America now, that will not be the case. You won't be able to quantify it with, you give this amount, you know, you give this $100 to charity, you're going to save $35 in taxes. So a lot of people are worried that that was the main reason why people were giving, Rob, and that under this new tax code, it might hurt charities. And I'll just say that charitable contributions tend to track more on, is the economy doing good or bad versus the tax issue, right? Because people like to give to causes. It's not okay. because Uncle Sam's going to give them a break. A lot going on there. A lot going on there, especially uh, 
when you start tying in, you know, end of the year and what we should do and new laws. Um, speaking a little bit more about charities, uh, what are some of the strategies people should be doing right now? Um, you know, I do, I do the simple stuff. You know, every year I clean out my house and I, I give a lot, a lot of good stuff that I never actually bought, opened, or used to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. What else should I be thinking about? Well, if you are making contributions to you know various charities or even one big one or a church or whatever it may be, if you're 70 and a half or older, you're now forced to take what's called required minimum distributions from your IRA. And you can completely avoid taxes on up to $100,000 of those required distributions by rolling them over directly to charity. So let's say you know, you're 75 years old and you're supposed to take you know, 25 grand this year out of your IRA. The IRS says, hey, you don't want the money. It doesn't matter. You have to take it based on this table. Um, and you're, you're a person that, I don't need the income right now. I don't want to pay the taxes on it. Well, and let's say you give $10,000 every year to your favorite charity. You could say, okay, I'm going to take the first 10000 of my required minimum distribution. I'm going to fill out the proper form with my IRA custodian. My IRA custodian is going to send the money to that charity, and you completely avoid the taxes on it. So hands down, the best way to give, um, unless you're drastically overweight in a specific stock, the best way to give for a 70-and-a-half-year-old or over is required minimum distributions. Totally avoid really? the taxes on it. The next best way is give stock. So if you have Apple stock that you, you know, worked for the company years and years ago, it's $2 share cost basis, and it's trading at $200 a share now, maybe you even like the stock, that's fine. Instead of giving cash to your favorite charity, give a couple of shares of the stock and then turn around and use your cash to buy the stock back, and then you just upgraded your cost basis. You got rid of the capital gain on the stock, and the charity, almost all charities have a brokerage account, and it's a pretty simple process to fill out a letter of instruction to your custodian where you own the stock and have them move the stocks over. Um, it's a little bit tricky, Rob, when people try to give shares of ESPP stock, employer, uh, where you get a discount on the stock. That can get a little bit tricky. But other than that, it's, it's almost always better to give stock than cash. A lot going on there. And I don't even know how I would do that. Is there a form of the IRS or just go through the CPA and shut up, Rob? You go through typically your financial advisor. So it's, you know, our team's pretty okay. busy doing these towards the end of the year. Um, it, we try to do the required minimum distributions earlier in the year and, and get a list from people and their charities. But y- yeah, you, basically what happens is you call your charity, you get their, uh, their information on their brokerage account, and then you have your brokerage firm. You just send them a, a signed letter saying transfer 10 shares of Apple to you know, uh, save the children. Here's their brokerage account number, DTC. It's, it's not that difficult. Um, it just save, takes a little bit of track Save down. the children. <laughs> is that the best you can yeah. come up with as far as charities off the top of your head? Well, that's the one we do. So we used to you know, send out these big gift baskets years ago to clients and during the holidays, and we're like looking at the amount of money that's going in and how much it could do. So we stopped doing that, and we started giving donations in people's name. And it was Heifer International for a while where they'll go you know, buy somebody a goat in order to help them continue to eat or chickens or whatever. Yeah. The cost got a little bit high in that charity for my taste, so we switched over to, to Save the Children. But So that's what we do now. That's why it came into my, my head. But you know, people should be meeting with their CPA now to find out how this new tax law is going to affect them. Because if you're no longer going to itemize deductions, the other option then is to lump your gifts so that you can get a tax deduction. 
So maybe every year you give $2,000, but that's not going to get you into the point where you can itemize. But if you were to give $4,000, you could itemize and get a benefit. So give two years' worth of gifts this year, or use a donor advised fund, give several years of gifts into it, get a tax deduction, and then dole it out of the charitable advisor, the, the charitable fund as you see fit. So there's still some ways to lump contributions and get that tax benefit. We've got about one minute. Is there any odd gift you've ever heard about that's entertaining? That, uh, you know, I ask CPAs the same question odd tax deductions, but any odd charity gift you've ever seen? Well, I think I was really surprised recently when a client donated a, a very expensive piano, and the okay. huge deduction that they got from this piano was somebody that you know taught piano and played piano for years and years, so had a very expensive piano, but um, with some arthritis issues and other things like that, they decided to give it to charity. We were able to get a really large tax deduction on the piano gift and then convert a bunch of money from the IRA to the Roth. Um, and really use up that tax deduction the right way. Good stuff, Mr. Burton. Have a good day. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can meet him in person November 17th in San Jose at the Rotary Center. There's a lot more information about two events. One's at 9.30 in the morning, one's at 1 in the afternoon. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to get an El Cheapo free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Some of the web pages I open up in the morning as I'm preparing to do the show, one of them is Yahoo Finance. I like it because I can look at the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell. I can look at the VIX, the 10-year, things like that, right? I'm going somewhere with this, so be patient. I, I obviously read the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. I read research from Fidelity, um, Standard & Poor's, uh, Briefing.com. Obviously, we talk about that all the time. But Yahoo Finance, I, it's been around for 25 years, right? It's still there. Is it a driver like it used to be? Is does it see the growth like they used to? No, but it's still there. So I, I, I would say it's kind of a. It's interesting. They're relaunching Yahoo Finance Live. Uh, so they used to have studios in Northern California and San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, oftentimes I went there and I worked with some guy named Caleb. I forget his last name. I'm horrible with names, uh, but long story short, it's still there. Another company that's still there is Yelp. Now, Yelp's publicly traded. Yahoo no longer is publicly traded. Yahoo's been ultimately, the pieces and parts of it have been acquired uh, into telecom companies. Yelp is cratering 30% today. That is a tough day. Now, I know the market's down, but Yelp's down 30% as advertisers are abandoning the site. It's interesting. um, Probably five, six, seven years ago, as the first wave of the web late 90s, early 2000s, started to, <clears throat> as it was dying off, a good friend of mine, Eddie, he does a lot of video work and editing. He's a real smart guy. We'd be doing videotaping around noon, and he'd get out his phone, and he'd look at Groupon, and he's like, oh, looks like I'm going here today. Oh, let's see where the closest Groupon is for me. Oh, and he, was, he wasn't addicted to it, but he really used the hell out of it, and I, I kind of like that. And there was a period of time where Yelp, we really used a lot of. Now, for me, I tend to use Yelp, not for local businesses, but when I'm out of town. 
Yelp is cratering 30% as advertisers abandon the site. The company added zero net new advertising customers during the quarter. Zero point zero. That is not a good number in an industry that obviously needs advertisers to pay the bills. <clears throat> sales is a tough, 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 tough business. Whether you're in sales of a financial company, sales of auto cars, sales is a tough business. But to add no new net customers, that's not going to correspond well with advertising revenue and revenue guidance. Company added zero net new advertising customers. Yelp earlier this year switched from long-term advertising contracts in local markets to more flexible, non-term contracts. So that should have helped. But here's the problem. Significant contract cancellations. When you tell someone that you don't have to buy for a whole year and you could buy for a week, they get no response. They go, well, I, I got no response. Right? I'm going to put my money elsewhere. I'm going to put my money in my pocket. Or I'm going to go to a new platform, you know, Munchery.com or whatever it's going to be, right? The quote out of the company says, we do not believe that there was one, any one single factor behind the new sales shortfall relative to our expectations. That's not good. The CFO says, we don't believe that there was any one single factor behind the new sales shortfall relative to our expectations. So they're not really saying we know what happened and we can fix it. So, in light of the lower net new ads and corresponding advertising revenue, slip and yell slash its guidance. Not as dramatically as you would think, because we're using big numbers here. But $952 million down to $938, million, $942 million. First thing I ultimately think about, first thing I ultimately think about is I started going, hmm, uh, is it going to be a buying opportunity? And then I go, you know what? I don't want the mess. I don't want the heartache of owning a company that's struggling. I don't want the heartache of owning a company that may make me a lot of money or may continue to struggle. It's, you know, this is a bad analogy, but it's like when you watch a professional sports and you, Joe Thornton's had knee surgery on both knees, right? Will he ever be the same player again? You hope, but would you bet on it? I'd be cautious on that one. You hear stories about how he's a warrior and how he loves hockey so much that only Joe could come back from double knee surgery. And you go, yeah, I, I know Joe. He's got a heart of a champion. And then you go, would you put a million dollars on it? If you were a mutual fund, would you put $30 million into it? And, you know, Google is a big, mean, nasty company. They're not mean and nasty. I, I should, I'll take that back. Google is a tough competitor. Great Google. Yelp said they saw negative impacts resulting from changes in Google's search algorithm and sales representatives leaving the company in higher than normal numbers uh, were some of the problems. That's an interesting one. Sales representatives leaving the company. Um, Chad Burton's got a couple clients. And, you know, I've been involved in the financial industry for 20 plus years, uh, 25 plus years, probably is the right way of saying it at this point in time, 22, 23. But, I knew some sales people from the medical device world. And there was companies like Guided, Guidon, Guidon, say it like the Louisiana and say it. I so wish I could speak Southern uh, uh, Creole, you know, that. Yeah, ma, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, salespeople are, are super important. So Guided, Guided, 
did like heart stints and things, defibrillators and things, you know, uh, medical devices, right? And they get acquired by Medtron. People get acquire each other. But more importantly, there's companies like Intuitive Surgical where you have to have a sales force. And long story short, Yelp has to have a sales force. And medical device companies have to have a, medical, a sales force. What I found really super interesting back in the day was how many people would work for a startup, get the stock options, stay for a year, do sales, leave, cash out rich, go to next, next company, next. It's like that Ariana Grande song, right? Talking about the men in their life. Who's up next? Same thing with salespeople. Unfortunately, to compete more effectively against digital platforms like Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Snap for local ad budgets, Yelp may need to eventually make more dramatic changes to its self-service ad platform. So it feels rough. Now, Yelp has been left for dead probably two or three times in history. So maybe we shouldn't write it off. But for me, it's not worth the trouble. That's my statement, and I'm sticking with it. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Two events coming up in November. It's a Saturday event. I don't know how many more of these I got left in me. But one's going to be retirement income and tax planning at 930 in the morning. It's about two hours. One's going to be investing beyond a 401k from one to three. That one we've never done before. It's going to be Saturday, November 17th at the Rotary Center in San Jose. You can learn a lot more information at Rob Black Show. Dot com. It's robblackshow.com. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Rotary Summit Center, November 17th. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Take Two Interactive Software chairman was on CNBC yesterday, and he talked about how the Red Dead Redemption 2 has already outpaced previous installments. This is a good business lesson. This is a money 101 kind of simple thing. You look for sales that are improving. You look for product that's sticky. In just eight days, take two interactive softwares, blockbuster, Western-themed video game, which is catching a little bit of controversy because you could pretty much so do anything. And one of the controversies right now is, like, for instance, I think it takes place in 1899 or something like that. I'm piecing this together, and one of the controversies is there's a woman who walks around the streets and says, you know, voting for women or women's rights are coming, women's rights are coming. And like all the characters have these crazy Western accents, I think. But there was a YouTube video where you could do anything, and your your job in the game is to be a gunfighter. It's, I don't know, you're a cowboy or something like that, right? So someone pulled out his pistol and shot the woman. It's just a video game, but... It's kind of a weird statement, and there's some interesting characters in the game. A lot of stuff can happen. Uh, human interaction can happen if you catch where I'm drifting this one, too, between cowboy and female or between cowboy and another cowboy. And uh, that kind of controversy, as Eminem would say, we need a little bit of controversy. Um is good for business. In eight days, they've sold 17 million units of Red Dead Redemption 2. That's more than they sold of the first Red Dead Redemption in eight years. Now, I've often played with the idea of I'd like to play Xbox games, and I look at that controller, and it's got like 17 or 18 buttons. I'm like, I got to stay on the PC. If I'm going to play games, I got to stay on the PC. It's just that simple with me. But the first Red Dead kind of got my interest up because it got so critically well-reviewed. 
And, you know, you don't have time to play every single video game, and video games are expensive. So a lot of times I'll go to Twitch TV and watch other people play video games because I don't really want to spend the 60 bucks. And I, I all I want to do is see the technology. Where is it going? Is it a good story? And I don't even have to finish it. Like, that's not the goal for me. It's I don't, I'm not a person who starts a book and puts it down after 10 pages. I'd like to finish the book. But for video games, I'm kind of okay leaving it open. But again, Red Dead Redemption, it's stunning. 17 million units. Go to the numbers on that one, and you're talking over a billion dollars. There's other video games out there too, right? And will Red Dead Redemption 2 outpace Red Dead Redemption 1? When will they announce Grand Theft Auto 6? These are questions for the stock, right? And you kind of see the business model of it. The And here's, here's another business model, same exact kind of idea, was Disney. The Han Solo movie stank. It was awful. It was miserable. It was dreadful. It was just average. For a Star Wars movie, not good enough. Rogue One was kind of cool. Although it's better than expected earnings announcement, Disney, you know, they, they, in the last quarter, they've said, we're not going to make the Boba Fett movie because the Han Solo movie wasn't well-liked. I'm like, oh, why couldn't have you made the Boba Fett movie first? I loved Boba Fett as a kid. I don't know. There was something about the bounty hunter. He was mysterious, right? I, I get why, you know, media classifies women as women like tall, dark, and strangers. Mysterious men, right? Boba Fett was mysterious to a, co- a kid. I wanted to know more. Disney had its earnings call last night. I own shares of Disney. And they recently acquired a lot of the assets of 21st Century Fox. So it was an interesting conference call. A lot of you don't know what I do for a living. And a lot of what I do is listen to conference calls, take notes, um, work with spreadsheets. Someone said the other day, like, uh, do you want me to put it into a spreadsheet for you? I was like, yes, please. Right? So Disney's upcoming direct-to-consumer streaming service will be creatively named Disney+. Plus. <laughs> That's their OTT, the over-the-top content. The service will launch late next year, and it will include some, but not all, the content from Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and Disney brands. What I found kind of interesting about it is we're trying to figure out, are they going to go full in like Netflix? Or is it going to be a little bit kind of like a Hulu where it's got a little bit of advertising, free platform, or you could pay for an upgrade premium version? We're learning, right? So we're still going to have to wait and see. And uh, if they put all their content on Disney Plus and it's $9.95 or $4.95 a month, would you get it? Or, like, for instance, I, I bought shares of Apple because I really like the ecology of Apple. The iTunes store where you buy a movie, you get to keep it forever. And going back to Star Wars once again, when you have kids, uh, you want to show them some of the best things of your childhood. You want to give them a nice, clean, safe home. You want to give them standards of living that are, that are, 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 are solid. Uh, but you also want to share some of your childhood with them, right? I'm not going to share that I played Pong or that my first video game was at a, a pizza hut or not a pizza hut. It was like one of those village pizza inns. And, you know, I'd beg my mom for quarters, beg her. And the game was two cowboys going back to Red Dead Redemption, right? 
And in between, there was a stagecoach. And the more bullets you shot in the stagecoach, it was two-dimensional. The more bullets you shot into it, it would start breaking down. So you could eventually sneak a bullet through it. And your the other cowboy would you could only go I think up and down and shoot up and down and shoot so it wasn't very complicated right I'll probably never share that with my kids right because it's it's not embarrassing but it's not great I also played pong so don't don't try to one up me don't try to one up me Disney isn't worried about losing British pay TV and streaming provider Sky to rival Comcast when asked about the failed acquisition CEO Bob Iger told the analyst he can't cry over spilled milk. Uh, Bob Iger's been a good CEO. He's been a good CEO for Disney. Uh, and he's really ushered them kind of towards the 21st century. You know, speaking of like terrorism, terrible things that happen like fires. I don't know what would happen in the United States if terrorism ever hit a Disney property. I got to imagine it's psychologically traumatic just to even think about so Disney Plus will become the exclusive home of several popular titles when it launches. They're going to have a, a new TV show, uh, Star Wars Rogue One prequel. It's going to star Diego Luna, a high school musical reboot series they're going to do. And a new series on Pixar's Monsters. Oh, that's good. That's cute, right? Everyone liked mon- Monsters. Maybe not the second one as much, but the first one was cute. I don't even like Billy Crystal. I'll go as far as to say I dislike Billy Crystal. So you get where I'm going at today. Whoa. 21st Century Fox President Peter Rice will become co-chair of Disney's media networks, along with ESPN President Jimmy Patero. Once Disney completes the acquisition by the middle of next year, Disney's film studio division benefited from a particularly strong film slate this year. It posted sales growth over 50% over last year and 173% higher operating income. Disney had a good quarter. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, another fire soccer practice was canceled yesterday late because it was such a raging fast fire Butte County fire. Um, it's, it's burning fast. It's taking down many, many structures. They say the city of paradise is gone. And I'm like, Whoa, should I look into this? Or is this just going to depress me? Like everything else in the news these days, working in news, I, Ideally, we would all take breaks because it, it really gets to you when you see, you know, car accidents, motorcycles, children dying, houses burning down. It really starts to get to you. But I digress. So Disney helping the markets today not get worse. I know you're saying that's not exactly a great endorsement. <laughs> um, but then again, it's end of the week. And you've seen the markets have a very good week, just one bad day. So we, this all starts and comes back to, you know, where are we going? And the employment reports continue to say that we have jobs. Consumer sentiment tops expectations. It's on pace for its best year since 2000. We're hearing companies like Walmart say they're going to put people standing around with scanners. So you want to buy a TV? Put it in your cart. They'll scan it. You pay for it right there. Walk out of the store. Now, they're not going to do like if you get 100 groceries. But that's how good the economy is going. Walmart is engaging in technology where they're going to put a handheld scanner in an employee's hand and scan items for you so that you don't have to deal with lines or if you get a big, awkward, clumsy TV. So that's a good sign for the stock market. (laughs) I know you're saying that's loose. It's a little bit loose. But it is what it is. Oil drops for a 10th day in a row. 
Oh, we're going to save more money. We'll have more money in our pocket. Is that a good thing or bad thing? For oil, it's a very bad thing. But for the economy, it's a very good thing. Will it create inflation? It could create a little inflation. We have a little more money. We're spending it. We're not putting it in something that I would say has sucks no energy out of the economy, high gas prices. So oil down 10 days in a row. Interesting. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up. Uh, two big events in San Jose at the Rotary Summit Center, 4th Street. Great location, great parking. November 17th, it's a Saturday. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com. Uh, use code RADIO25. More information during the commercials. You'll hear about it. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. There was many years ago, I was on CNET Radio, which was one of those tech ideas that was a bad idea. They had a radio station that they leased. They spent a lot of money on equipment, a lot of money on equipment. And the one thing that they didn't do was try to be normal. So they spent a lot of money on talent, a lot of money on equipment. Expensive location in San Francisco, so you got to pay the rent and the lease, right? And then... They wanted to only take advertising from tech companies. And that's a pretty big mistake when you're trying to establish a business plan and trying to establish kind of like a legacy so that it can survive and move forward. So I throw that out there. Um, I don't think for any real reason other than to say I throw that out there. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I was looking at the fire map, and it wasn't that long ago that most of Santa Rosa burned down. Not most of Santa Rosa, parts of Santa Rosa. Whole neighborhoods. And now in Paradise, California. What's the solution? More water? Less trees? War on trees? That doesn't sound right. It's been an interesting few days for the stock market. We rallied before the election, during the election, and after the election. Then you had the Fed Open Market Committee decision and policy directive. Um, you know, the election created a split Congress, which produced a decision, and the, the Fed produced a decision to hold rates steady this month and a directive that signaled the likelihood of another rate hike in December. Wall Street's getting a little bit tentative, a little bit cautious, a little bit fearful of rate hikes. The produced price index report for October, which was released this morning, showed some inflation. Now, producer prices aren't your prices, right? But it's the producer prices are tied to what you buy. And if we cut the profit out of the producer, if they have higher input costs, are they going to pass it on to us? It's a good, healthy question. It's something we should talk about. It's something we should think about. So there's a little bit of inflation there. We saw final demand uh, cool a little bit. If you exclude food and energy, it was supposed to rise two-tenths of of a percent. Now you're going two-tenths of one percent, but it actually rose one-half of one percent. So for the year, producer price indexes are up about 2.9%. Now, that's going to get passed on to you. Your housing costs, you know, home prices are up 6% year over year, roughly 5%. Rents are up, right? Rents aren't down. So 
if you start looking at everything that the producers produce, you kind of start seeing that, man, I'm paying more for everything. I'm paying more for cars. I'm paying more for food. You have to exclude food and energy because they're kind of volatile. A good, healthy season could you know, lower the prices of wheat. It's not a trend. It's just a healthy season. And oil, 10 bad days, can obviously lower the input costs and create less inflation for the producers, but create more cash for you, which might create more demand. So there's a little bit of a problem. There's too much. They're not too much, but there's little pieces here and there of inflation. And again, inflation is the boogeyman. Disappointing guidance last night from Skywork Solutions, who is an Apple supplier. The word on the street is Apple's new phone, the low-end version of it, is starting to get too much inventory, supply and demand, right? So what do you do when you have a phone sitting on the shelf for six months and you know you know new phones are coming? You slash prices. You make less money. You move the product. Uh, I'm not one of those people, and I, this is where I should I should apologize going into it. You ever stop by a Safeway or a Lucky's or a Rayleigh's or a, and they've had chicken that goes bad on like November 10th, and you, you look at the calendar and it's like, wow, it's November 9th. They just slashed the price of this three bucks off. And like, I don't know, I, I kind of want my chicken a little more fresh. I don't want it going bad tomorrow. What if I get home and you know the kids act up and I can't I can't get the chicken cooked? Wasted money, right? I mean, you never want to waste food. I, I'm not going to say it's a crime, but it kind of is to me. Um, but that's out there of inventory that sits too long. Yelp just had an awful, awful number. And Activision didn't help either. And Activision's got the Call of Duty franchise. <laughs> I just said duty. <laughs> I love where my mind goes. Yep. Yep. So we got that out there going for us, which is nice. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You will retire. We know that. You will pay taxes. We know that. I think it's not imperative because I don't want to use that kind of pressure on you. But I think it's kind of a good idea for you to have as big of a nest egg as possible and to watch how you spend your finances. Um one of the things you could do is watch the inflation numbers, right? We have Black Friday coming up. I think we have 45 days till Christmas, 45 days till Santa. Does that sound right? Or does that sound stressful? No, it's got to be more than that because it's only the 9th of November. So 30, no, about 40, about 50 days. Whoa. Holy mackerel. It happens fast, right? Rough waters out there today in investing. Keep a calm head. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Big seminars coming up on the 17th. It's a good time to start thinking about the changing conditions of the market. They're amongst us. The higher rates have forced the issue. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Learn more about the seminar at Rob Black Show. I'll see you there on the 17th. Use code RADIO25 to sign in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.